Giggity, giggity. What's up, you? My name's Russ. I run this podcast here called Dapper Dividends. And man, I got a good one for you. This is going to be a summary of the latest hot off the press from our 93-year-old friend in Omaha, Warren Buffett. His annual shareholder letter came out. I always look forward to it. I really enjoy reading it. And honestly, we should probably go back and read much more of his. As Monish Paprai has said that if you listen to the Berkshire annual meetings, read Warren's letters, you literally can about get a free MBA just by doing that. And that's what we're doing. And I got a summary for you. But before that, a little bit of news, something that's on my mind. So tonight, I was supposed to go with my wife to a show, to a little acoustic concert for ex-Misfits frontman singer, Michael Graves. He's one of my favorite singers, but a few years ago, there was something that came up and, you know, with the whole pandemic going on and all this, it came out that he was affiliated with the Proud Boys. I really don't know much about the Proud Boys. I had heard that they may be a white supremacist group, something like that. Either way, so we were planning on going to this show, but this ties into investing because now I was about to put money on the line. Yeah, it was 10 bucks. 10 bucks, literally maybe 10 minutes away from my house to go see somebody that I've enjoyed listening to since about 1997. And I just didn't like what I read. So when you're investing, and we're investing our time here, this would have been a time investment because we would have taken time away from the kids. And, you know, they're older. My, my oldest just got her driver's license, so they're not little kids. But the point of it is, is that when you have your money involved in something, you're going to pay more attention to it. And this was money and time. Yeah, not a lot of money. But either way, I did 30 minutes of looking into the Proud Boys, their founder, what Michael Graves, something he tweeted, and it just didn't sit well. And it's murky at best. There is no cut and dry, clear thing. And I think if a picture is murky, if a situation is murky, we should err on the side of caution. And it's not as like a crazy investment, right? But just for principle alone, I don't care who it is. I'm not a big fan of white supremacists or their groups or their causes or things like that. We won't get into the politics, but if there's a possibility or if I am did 30 minutes of looking at this group that this singer, I enjoy their, his music, is tied to and he, you know, professes allegiance to or whatever... If it's murky that they're a white supremacist organization on the far right, I got to lean toward, you know what, I'm just not going to put my money toward that. So, uh, you know, it's crazy because this dude, this singer Michael Graves is talking about he's on the verge of going bankrupt. Again, he needs money and all these shows are canceling because of his association to this group that, from what I can tell, has about 120 people. I think that's a stupid thing. It's a fringe group with about 120 members that the world, right, we say that belief is fact. So the world believes that this group, the Proud Boys, is a white supremacist hate group. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to associate with it. And, you know, again, you could go on all day about this, but either way, we're not going to go. So we're doing the podcast early. Uh, or the live stream early, excuse me, the live stream on YouTube early tonight. And by the way, that newsletter, there is a link below, or you can just go to dapperdividends.com. But we did get dividends. We do talk dividends. And what we received this week, $14.25 from Starbucks, 
$9.77 from energy transfer, and $179.14 from Nexstar Media Group, ticker NXST. And that was good for $203.16 in dividends this week. Now, we've been buying Nexstar, what not really hot lately when they took that dip a few weeks ago because of Warner Brothers Discovery, Fox, and Disney with the sports streaming app, which I understand now FUBU, FUBO, no, FUBU is the clothing, FUBO is the sports app, and they filed a lawsuit against uh, this conglomerate, this joint venture of sports streaming. And it may be February, but we've done some early spring cleaning. We sold all of our shares of energy transfer. Yes, we had well over a 100% gain. Yes, we had a yield on cost of about 20% on those shares, but I lost focus of the business. I, I couldn't tell you who's on the board. I can't name you the CEO. I haven't looked at the business in probably three years. I've just been collecting the dividends. It's been grinding higher and it's I, I would much rather have that money in Energy Product Partners, ticker EPD, or one of the REITs like we started buying, which was, oh, well, we also sold, speaking of WBD, I got tired of holding and looking at it. We sold at $9.80, and after we did that, it closed out the week under $9, and we had a cost basis of 27 if you're not familiar. Warner Brothers Discovery was spun out of AT&T, and we got those shares around 27 bucks, and I should have sold. If you don't have high conviction in a spinoff, and this is my lesson, if you don't have high conviction or you're not very knowledgeable about it, just sell it. Just sell. It may go up, but it also may do what Warner Brothers did, going from 27 down to $8 and change where it's at lately. So we sold that. And we bought more realty income ticker O at $52.49, seven shares. That gets us to 200 shares in the tax advantage self-directed IRA. And with that, oh no, I've made a mistake. We bought two shares of Agree Realty. And I see now that I put down 12 shares in the newsletter, which I'm reading this off of. So unfortunately, that's uh, my bad. Too late. It's already gone out. But uh, whatever. It'll be what it'll be, right? But what it'll be right now, baby, we got some news from simplysafedividends.com. Home Depot raised their dividend 7.7%. That's their 15th consecutive annual increased dividend safety score of 87. Very safe 2.42% dividend yield. Walmart, which did a reverse, no, not a reverse split. Belay my last. They did a forward split. Three for one. So if you have one share of Walmart Monday morning, you're going to now have three shares and it'll be reduced by a third. So they raised their dividend 9.2%, which is their largest raise in over a decade. They are a dividend king. And their yield, it shows, I think that's a mistake, is now 4.25%. It's not that high. That would be nuts. It's because they haven't updated from the split at Walmart, what the share prices are now at $58.52, and they were pushing, what, in the 170s before? So that'll adjust. Dividend safety score of 90, very safe. Semiconductor chip maker ADI, which looks like they stole the YouTube logo and painted it black. Ticker ADI raised their dividend 7%, which is their 20th consecutive annual increase. 63, safe. Safety score, 1.94% yield. 
Exelon, ticker EXC, raised their dividend 5.6%. 80, safe score, 4.21% yield. Excel Energy. I think the Excel Center up there in Minneapolis, right, where the Minnesota Wild play. I think they used to play there, maybe still do. 5.3%, 21st straight year of dividend growth for the public utility company. 79 safe, 3.69% dividend yield. Chubb, ticker CB, property and casualty insurance, raised their dividend, or they're proposing a 5.8% dividend raise to the shareholders. Dividend safety score of 99, 1.34% yield. My guy Ryan Williams invests in Owl Rock Capital, ticker OBDC. Raised that dividend 5.7% and also announced an $0.08 cent per share supplemental dividend. Safety score, though, of 50 borderline safe. Yield of 9.81%. A little bit of news. Newmont, the miner, the gold miner, they maintained their fixed base dividend, but they eliminated the variable component in favor of buybacks, meaning that if they get more money, they pay a bigger dividend, but they're just going to keep that base. So you're not going to get the extra profits returned to you in the form of a dividend, but you will get it in the form of share buybacks, which, hey, as we'll see with Berkshire, Warren had some thoughts on buybacks. SX, ticker ESX, raised their dividend 6.1%. It's the multifamily residential REIT. Safety score of 93, very safe, 4.27% dividend yield for that REIT. And another REIT. This is one I'm very familiar with and something I'm actually kicking around in the old noggin is Prologis, ticker PLD. Now they're an industrial REIT business and there are a ton of Prologis buildings and Prologis Parks around the Chicagoland, Northern Indiana, Southern Wisconsin area. 61 safety score, 2.88% yield. So that, that was a 10% dividend hike, which is their 11th straight year of increasing payouts. And I'm thinking I might actually, inside of our tax advantage account, is to sell the AT&T and just put it in Prologis. I mean, it's a business I understand, they have a very well-run business. The industrial units, so you have tenants, you know, think warehouses. They always keep them up nice. They get ahead of the game on fixing them up, keep, keeping them retrofitted. And it's something I'm a part of. I've worked at a lot of Prologis buildings, and they don't try to band-aid things together. They fix things. They fix it quick. They fix it right to make a better environment for their tenants. So Prologis, strong business, and one I probably should have just invested in when I started doing this thing in 2018. L3 Harris, the aerospace and defense company, raised their dividend only 1.8%, which is their 23rd consecutive year of increasing payouts. 2.16% yield, dividend safety score of 80, and a couple more coming at you. Allstate raised their dividend 3.4%, which is their 14th consecutive year of growth. And they have a score of 80 safe, but a yield of 2.31%. And TELUS, which is the Verizon or AT&T of Canada, take your pick. They have over 13 million wireless subscribers. Now, this was one that they had failed to cover their dividend, but they reaffirmed their score at 72 safe, yield of 6.21%, because they say that the dividend coverage looks poised to improve as 5G CapEx spending is slowing. One of the reasons I don't I want to get out of AT&T, highly capital intensive business, 
requires a lot of money and it's very highly competitive. All right, so Warren Buffett's latest annual letter to shareholders was released. I'll have a link in the share notes below. It's 16 pages, but it's very easy to read. So I would suggest that you do take a gander at it. You're going to learn something. You're going to learn something now, but maybe there's something I missed because I, you know, got to do what we got to do. And the first page was a tribute to Charlie Munger that is just was really touching. And Warren basically said that Charlie was the architect of Berkshire and that Warren is the general contractor. Now, Charlie, interestingly, would guard against Warren's old habits of buying fair businesses at wonderful prices, as Ben Graham taught him. And he would not want to buy wonderful businesses at fair prices. Charlie would jerk him back and say, Warren, the hell you doing, man? Stop looking for those cigar butts in the gutter and just... Just focus on the wonderful businesses at the fair prices. Now, Warren also wants lifetime shareholders who ignore the pundits and have the mindset of people who would use excess funds to, say, buy a farm or rental property versus lottery tickets or hot stocks. And on the pundits, he says, you got to wonder, why are people out there saying, hey, everybody, buy this one stock? And where he said that, <laughs> I think he said that would be like having the map to a gold mine or the map to a buried treasure and sharing it with everybody. And that'll just increase the competition for that. Uh, so Warren also said that a good place to start, yes, is net earnings when you look at a business, but even better, and what they share is operating earnings because he quote said net earnings in 2021 were 90 billion gain, 2022, $23 billion loss, and in 2023, a gain of $96 billion. But if you look at their operating earnings, which they report, the story there was $27.6 billion in 2021, went up to $30.9 billion in 2022, then went up again to $37.4 billion in 2023. So just the three past years, you see the operating earnings are going up, 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 where when you look at net earnings, 90 billion down to negative 23 billion and then jump back to 96 billion. And operating earnings, they show a steady yearly increase. And that's because operating earnings are the money that a company makes from selling their products or services without counting the extra costs of taxes, interest, or other things that are not part of the main business. And Warren goes on to say that the goal at Berkshire is simple and quote, we want to own either all or a portion of businesses that enjoy good economics that are fundamental and enduring. Within capitalism, some businesses will flourish for a very long time, while others will prove to be sinkholes. It's harder than you would think to predict which will be the winners and losers. And those who tell you they know the answer are usually either self-delusion or snake oil salesmen. At Berkshire, we particularly favor the rare enterprise that can deploy additional capital at high returns in the future, owning only one of these companies and simply sitting tight can deliver wealth almost beyond measure. And if you miss an opportunity, don't worry because another always comes along. He also said instant panics, they don't happen often. But they will happen and you have to be ready to seize the opportunity because the market is like a casino that resides now in people's homes, on their phones, and they're tempted daily. Now, size is hampering because Berkshire is huge, right? Size is hampering their ability to grow rapidly, but 
Berkshire, excuse me, I think I've been saying Berkshire. Old habits die hard. It's Berkshire, okay? Berkshire has one eternal rule. Never risk permanent loss of capital. Because of the rewarding tailwind of compound interest, all you have to do during your lifetime is make a couple of good decisions and avoid serious mistakes. Now this one was kind of cool. You've heard EBITDA, right? Which is earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. But Berkshire's strength is its earnings after interest costs, taxes, and substantial charges for depreciation and amortization. So he said EBITDA is a banned word at Berkshire. Charlie Munger called EBITDA bullshit earnings. <laughs> he went on to say that stock repurchases increase your participation. Remember we said stock buybacks. They increase your participation in every asset that the business owns, but they should always be price dependent because he said, quote, what is sensible at a discount to business value becomes stupid if done at a premium. Now, he also used Coke and American Express as examples of how they've done nothing, like Rip Van Winkle. Yet their earnings and dividends in those businesses increase every year like clockwork. And like how their 2023 American Express earnings surpassed the price they initially paid long ago. So the lesson here is that when you find a truly wonderful business, stick with it and have patience because one wonderful business can offset many of your inevitable mediocre decisions. He went on to tell that they have a passive investment in five Japanese businesses, which began in July of 2019, but they don't want to exceed. They have a deal that they will not exceed 9.9% stake because they don't want an ownership stake, which that happens at 10% or greater. And those businesses are, which we link to the simply, uh, no, to the Seeking Alpha page, are Itochu, Marubini, Mitsubishi, Sumitomo, and Mitsui. Now, Mitsui, from what I understand, looks to be like the Japanese Berkshire Hathaway. They're a conglomerate. And they just buy businesses that they bring in-house and also invest in other businesses. And Warren said that the Japanese managers are far less aggressive about compensation than U.S. companies. They apply about a third of their earnings towards dividends. And with the retained earnings, they build many of their businesses and buy back shares at attractive prices. So then he goes on to talk about Berkshire. Two Berkshire, Berkshire businesses that didn't fare very well were BNSF Railroad and the BHE, which I think is Berkshire Hathaway Energy Utility. Now, the railroads, he said, are essential to America's economic future and are superior to trucks in hauling many hundreds of miles, but the nature of the business eats lots of capital. Overall, Burlington Northern has produced acceptable, just acceptable returns to the 2010 purchase price, but not as well as it would seem because of the capital required for the business, labor, costs, and politics. So there's a lot of extra things that go into that business that, you know, on paper, the returns aren't as good as they would seem. Now, he said they don't, the railroads don't get much attention when they're working, but when they aren't, it's noticed immediately, dude, he thanked the people like me that work outside in North Dakota, Minnesota in the winter in the sub-zero temperatures to keep the railroads going. But he did say that a century from now, Berkshire uh, is going to own Burlington Northern and it'll also be continue to be a major asset for the country. Onto their utility business, BHE, they also face heavy capital investments, regulations, 
and weather-related events, which pretty much leave a razor-thin profit margin that could turn negative soon. And Warren thinks he made a mistake in forecasting the public utility environment as an investment. But what did do very well was the insurance business because its underwriting earnings are not correlated to earnings elsewhere in the economy. Warren also said that he was wandering in the wilderness, struggling to build the insurance operation until Ajit Jain was hired in 1986. And then Warren pretty much closed it out with an invitation to the annual shareholder meeting in May. He gave recognition to Greg Abel, who will be the next CEO, insurance operation manager Ajit Jain, and then touched on the upcoming absence of Charlie Munger from the stage, and then wrapped it all up with suggesting you pick up a copy of the new fourth edition of Poor Charlie's Almanac to improve your life as it's improved Warren's. So I really enjoyed the letter. I get a lot out of it. I hope you got a lot out of it and of this podcast. Hey, again, I'll be doing the live stream tonight. Remember, most Sundays, you know, it can change. It can vary depending on what's going on with family and volleyball and daughter's bowl. It just, we got all kinds of things going on. We're busy. We're busy little bees over here in this honey hive, baby. So so I hope you enjoyed uh, allowing us to come in your ear holes there for, you know, almost 30 minutes, 20 some minutes, whatever we be at. And uh, I really do thank you for lending your ear and spending some of your precious, precious time you have on this planet. So, hey, I hope you continue to do very good things with your time and your energy while we're here. And uh, hey, if you go out for walks like I do, pick up some garbage. <laughs> hey, when I'm even at the gas station, wherever I'm at, I always look for something to pick up, any kind of garbage on the ground that I can pick up and easily put in a garbage can because I figure that this place will now look just a little bit better than it did before I got there. So, hey, thank you so very much for freaking checking out this podcast once again. I really do hope you come back. Shoot me an email if you have any questions, concerns, comments, whatever you want to let me know. Russ at DapperDividends.com. And I will talk to you in the next podcast. So long, everybody. <laughs>